so Rob, what's new? I always, uh, I, I feel like I always stop on the, on the discussion section and just uh, yammer and yammer. So, um, <laughs> I just want to, Rob, I just want to do some listening hmm. right now. Oh, well, wow. <laughs> I hung out with my friend Jorge today. That was cool. I think by speaking Jorge, what's Jorge's deal? Yeah, he's an artist. Uh, yeah. So what'd you guys get up to when you were hanging out? We just did a co-working, co-working situation. Uh, yes. We're, we're hanging out just means working near to somebody that you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Companionable silence. So. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're full of them though. Mm. Uh, I bet you can just snap one off at a moment's notice. <laughs> companionable silence. I, I, I try. I try typing in the presence of other people. And then he went to go see a cool art show that I, I can't see because I'm on a deadline for work, but yeah, it's all good. Didn't, didn't you once go to a house party uh, that had like a bronze bust of Jim Henson next to the pool or something? Kermit. Yeah. Kermit. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it, was, it, was uh, an, it was an actual Henson house. Right? It was a Henson house. Yeah. Yeah. It was like oh, right when I got to Los Angeles and I was just like wondering there was a sort of somewhat fancy house and lots of mm. kind of ragtag artists and stuff hanging out. And yeah. I was like, huh, this is weird. This is a pretty fancy house in a pretty nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Wonder what's up with that. And then I was like, oh, look, there's like a Kermit bust, Kermit, bronze Kermit. <laughs> and yeah. then I sort of started to put all things together and I was like, hey, wait a minute. I'm picturing that uh, that racking focus trick where... Yes. Uh, you're like walking away while the camera is zooming in, or I rack, racking zoom, I guess is what it would be called. Like yep. a jaws, yeah, Kermit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There are many people who earn lots of money and who probably aren't deserving of such financial accolades, but I think Jim Henson's one of them, yeah. Wow, he died of toxic shock syndrome. That sounds like appendicitis. So, Actually, very few people have appendicitis, if I recall, which is the actual rupturing of the appendix, and that releases a bunch of terrible material into your uh, abdomen. Oof. Um, so, yeah, I, I wonder if that's not it. Uh, there's a way we could look this up, Rob, but I'm sort of I'm enjoying, <laughs> yeah, resting in um in in myth. Yeah. Well, this is this is this is a rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> oh well, that, see, that's a good um. That's a good segue for uh, what I'm working on today. My my project today is all about rabbit holes. Oh, let's do it. Oh, let's do the intro, and then we'll uh, talk about rabbit holes. For sure. Cool. Okay, here we go. Uh, welcome to Opposable Thumbs. Opposable Thumbs is a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. Hashtag is our challenge this episode. Shout out to Federico Tabone for that challenge. Yeah. And Federico, I hope I didn't give you the impression I was not excited about this challenge. I was very excited about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he commented on, was it Facebook? Yeah, he said, oh, sorry. And I was like, oh, I better go listen back. Was I trashing it? Yeah, because you, you, you called him uh, you, a rascal. A rascal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think a rascal is a good thing. It is, yeah. Yeah, I more people should be a, called rascals. A bag full of rascals to a bag full of no rascals, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Uh, my name is Rob Ray. I use the he, his gender pronoun. I'm a designer and run the exoskeleton art space here in Los Angeles. And I'm Taylor Hokinson. I'm an artist, educator, DIY enthusiast, CAD cam evangelist, noted tall person. I'm a he, his kind of guy. Yes. And a person working on rabbit holes. Oh yeah. I'm all about the rabbit holes this week. I, I'm part of this uh, reading group on, uh, it started out on um, neuroscience and uh, and its relationship to architecture, and we've kind of morphed into talking about at least this week. It was about dance movement therapy, 
And dance has always historically been, I think we've talked about it, something that I have a lot of trouble um, understanding, a lot of trouble appreciating. Yeah. Um, although when we had uh, that dance piece that was part of the larger work, uh, when we had the folks from um, uh, the unnamed reverse engineering podcast, it was great. Oh, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to keep yep. keep an open mind, um, uh, particularly when there's stuff that I don't necessarily gravitate towards. So, so we had a bunch of readings, you know, these papers that are pretty dry um, about dance movement therapy. And they were talking about the way that, you know, the average kid doesn't really remember things from when they're little, um, because at, at that time they're, they're learning things in a different sort of embodied way. Mm. So you're not necessarily learning something and then categorizing it based on what you think about it. It's just this very sort of straight to the source experience. And one could argue it's sort of mapped onto the body as opposed to mapped into your mind in a, in a conscious way. Um, so you could, you know, and I mean, there's things I think everybody would agree with. Like you get stressed at work, you start, you know, scrunching up your shoulders. Right. And yep. then before you realize that your natural position is just to have your shoulders up by your ears, you know, oh, yeah. it leads to tension headaches or whatever. Are you feeling that one, Rob? Yeah. My, my <laughs> shoulders sort of arch well past the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Get them, let them down. Let them down yeah. right now. Um, well, you know, like one thing about dance movement therapy in these articles that I gather is common is saying things like, go ahead and let the ground take on your weight. Like you don't have oh. to do all the work of keeping your weight off of the ground. So you have to do some of it or else you fall into a pile. But if you can sort of visualize that stress that normally is like scrunching up, you know, where you lift your shoulders and all that, yeah. like let that weight go down through your body and down through the chair and through the legs into the ground. Um, and I feel like if you focus on that just a little bit, I can even do it now while I'm talking. It makes me feel more relaxed, you know? Yeah, yeah that, and that, that I've heard that concept of like like um like finding your center or like sure. feeling tethered to the center of the earth, which is a kind of interesting like oh right yes, visualization one too. That. Yeah, it's cool. So I feel like I still need to spend some more time with it before you know because part of it still feels slightly woo woo to me. Mm -hmm. But you know, I mean, if somebody sits down who hasn't you know isn't a big art history person and talks about that stuff, they're like, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, so I gotta I gotta give this some time. But, but reading these articles really, um, really got me interested in uh, a very light overview because clearly we were just talk we we had one expert in the room and she was talking about it. But one thing I really responded to was she said, you know, if you have a history of doing something with your body that you want to change, one of the first things to acknowledge is that, you know, for a period in time, for me it was seeking tenure, you know, you've learned, your body has learned to protect itself in this way that was really great at the time. Like it was necessary because there was uh -huh. just nothing else that could get this done. Uh -huh. So acknowledge that that was great. Like, good job, body. You know, you <laughs> did this thing and I understand why. And now it's time to put that aside. And and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thinking about it that way, because yeah. previously I was just like, oh, why does my body feel this way? And I would always go straight to an aggravation with my body mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as the sort of other other players. So, so this week, uh, or rather this two weeks, um, this episode, I was frustrated with trying to figure out what to do with these all these different research threads. And then I thought, I'm going to take the dance movement therapy concept, at least as I understand it, and embrace the uh, the rabbit hole instead of fighting the rabbit hole so that's really cool yeah that's cool thanks thanks body now i'm doing something else yeah <laughs> i i do think i i've long felt that my body is the enemy so i'm trying to trying to have a different relationship mm -hmm. with my body yeah for sure i hear you on that one uh shall we look at your project yeah let's do it aha uh -huh. so i have 
a zip file from Taylor. see a little bit of file structure here. Uh, I see a folder called hash underscore site. And inside that folder, there's a folder called media. There's a file called index.html. I know what to do with that one and some other good stuff. So I'm going to drag the index.html file into a browser tab. Oh, okay. Well, huh. Okay. I I have to admit, too, I was a little nervous to go this route because you are, after all, a professional web developer. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. It's cool. This is cool. Okay, so there's a little bit of what looks to be kind of like a timeline. It's like four red dots. um, Looks sort of like a little mini subway map in that kind of like colored center with with a sort of nice, bold, white outline. And that outline continues to connect to the next dot through a, a line. So it's red dot go down 50 pixels, red dot, go down 50 pixels, red dot, or maybe 75 pixels. Anyway. Um, nice. You, uh, last time you also got your inch measurements, but I believe 75 is exactly it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, eyes. Now I'm doing something else. Um, uh, so we have a little callouts on these dots, and the first callout is a link to a symbol I'm not familiar with, um, and that link links to the ancient Roman units of measurement weight wikipedia page and it's a lb with some a line through the top of both letters uh sort of a horizontal line through them and taylor has highlighted libra pondo which feels like maybe like a greek or some sort of roman latin language word and it says roman unit of weight and then the next line we see oh this i am sort of familiar with is the what I think of as the number abbreviation. It's like capital N lowercase O, but there's a little line under the lowercase O and it says numero sign for ordinal numeration. And that links to the Wikipedia entry for numero sign. The third dot is the British pound. So that one, that one I know it's a little, I, it's funny because I I assume like English people, they just immediately when they see that C pound and I see like a funky L with a line through it, just like they probably see like a funky S with a line through it for our dollars, you know, like, (laughs) Where well, like, they see Kesha. Yeah, as we all should when we see the dollar bill sign. Taylor has written here, British pound sign, monetary abstraction. Aha. And then the next one is the number sign, or uh, it, I think it's also called an octothorpe, maybe? Yep. Or sure the is. hashtag. It says number sign, see below, dot, dot, dot. Now, before you get into these uh, images, Yep. Um, hovering on them will give you a little tool tip of the URL, but I'm curious what you can make of it. Oh, so play around okay. with hovering, but don't click through on them. See if, see if you can guess them. Okay, I haven't hovered on them yet. I hovered on them and noticed that they sort of um, dim a little bit, but I didn't look at the link. Yeah, so they're just links. Yeah, so one is like a black and white photo of a person with a old-timey beard mm-hmm. and an old-timey photo. The middle one is a, it's like a person who's who was playing football back when only colleges played football as like some sort of (laughs) amusement and not as like a, or some sort of like athleticism where you had penance, like that you would fly in the football field. And And uh, when the, when the helmet was a sheet of tissue paper. Yeah. Yeah. It was optional. And then like, maybe you yeah wore a little like leather chin strap or something. Right. Um, uh, and it says C and that feels like for Cornell or someone like that. Uh, there in the middle. And then on the right hand side, we see a more m- contemporary photo of a person 
with red hair and a beard and glasses. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that looks to be like a sort of a timeline where it's like old, slightly less old, and then modern. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know anything about these people uh, uh, by looking at them. So I'm going to mouse over them. Oh. They're pretty uh, Oh, I know. Okay, so... The first one links to a Wikipedia entry called for a Baudot ba code, which uh, could get us into Morse code or into... I assume it's Baudot. Baudot. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then Jim Thorpe is the middle one. Oh, int- who was a football player? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, but Octothorpe, did he, yep, did he have eight arms? Going. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, and then... Okay, okay. And then Chris Messina, Messina? I don't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. that name though. I've seen it quite a bit on the internet. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I don't know actually though what he does like for a living or whatever. Um, scroll on down and find out. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. Here we go. Cool. So then the next block down the line, down the timeline says crosshatch, garden, fence. Oh, garden, fence. Mesh, flash, grid, pig pen, tic-tac-toe, scratch mark, garden gate. Hack, oof, rake, crunch, punch, mark, sink, corridor, capital three, and waffle. And I think that uh, might be w- names for the hash sign. Mm-hmm. Hash you got mark? it. I pre- I'm particularly fond of capital three. Capital three, <laughs> which I don't understand how that one. You know, like how could you make a three more three? You just have like. A shitload more arms in there. Oh, 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 that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Waffle I got. Punch yeah. mark I could kind of see. Gate I could kind of see also. Okay. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. This is the OG Twitter embed, tweet embed mm-hmm. down the line. Chris Messina, Messina, dang it, not sure. Whoa. August 23rd, 2007, which feels like just yesterday. <laughs> How do you knee high to a tortellini. feel about using pound octothorpe the pounds hashtag pound sign for groups as in pound sign bar camp and then the message which mm-hmm. is whoa it, okay it has 10.4 heart thousand ten thousand four hundred heart hearts likes in twitter this is a twitter post uh Wow, it's really interesting at Twitter. Like, it has the time. Like, you can get it. Like, imagine having like the date and timestamp for like yeah, down to the minute for like Watson. Come here, I need you now. You know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> wow, interesting. Okay, you know, I was just listening to uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. I don't know if you've heard this podcast, and they had um, uh, what's his name from Barry, the HBO series. Oh, why am I drawing a blank on this guy's name? But they were talking about um. According to Conan O'Brien, so my my sources may be flawed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, originally, what Edison wanted people to say was um, uh, "Ahoy, hoy!" when you uh, <laughs> when you said hello on the telephone. Uh, but then Watson, come here, uh, won out in terms of the history. I think. Oh my gosh! It was a uh, ahoy, hoy. What like it was said. ahoy, hoy, and then you were supposed to say ahoy as the uh, way to. Uh, um, Is that like a uh, sailing thing? I guess I don't know. <laughs> But I, I like mean, imagine that when, when telephony does or not yet ahoy. exist, you you have to decide. Yeah, you know, what are the social conventions for this kind of thing? I mean, they could have said anything, but of course, if you tell people the way you're supposed to interact with something, then they will refuse to do it. Yes, it's human nature. Yeah, I'm not. I'm now embarrassed that I have publicized that my relationship, my closest tie to the Navy, is Chips Ahoy cookies. 
<laughs> hey, man. It's, uh, I, I am not a pro-military either. I'm right there man, with you. I'm going to start saying ahoy hoy to people and just have people scowl at me. <laughs> yeah, you give it a shot. Yeah, I'll try. Remember the, a guy, a recruiter from the Marines called me and he said he was going to give me a free pen. I was like, okay, I'll listen to what you have to say. And then I realized half an hour into the conversation, oh, wait, I can't go to college? And the guy was like, oh, I wasted my time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That was how uh, out, of, uh, out of the loop I was. Yeah. I remember just wanting the camouflage book covers that the recruiter in high school had. <laughs> oh, Have so we talked cool. about this already, that the digital camouflage actually makes you more visible than yeah. regular clothing? Yeah. yeah. Whoops. Did So did you dig into Chris M- Messina's... So I assume at that time, right, like, I think the thing that's weird is now hashtags are a thing that certainly you can click on, but at the time you probably couldn't. The, um, yeah, so my, so my so understanding, of it, you, want me, you want me to take you down the rabbit hole? Yeah, here? please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just started reading about this and there were so many, like I, I give people a hard time for just staying on Wikipedia, you know, I uh-huh, feel like uh-huh. it's, it's generally kind of lazy and you got to get up and off of there. But this is one of those cases where there was just so much to untangle because I do think Wikipedia is a great place to start. It's just usually a bad place to finish. Yeah, totally. Yep. Um, But I I kept on going back and forth between all these. So if you, if you go into Wikipedia, you can look up the hashtag and you can look up the number sign as two different things. Okay. And they kind of go back and forth. So Chris Messina is how I'm going to say it. Yeah. I bet it is Messina. I don't know. He, um, he just made this tweet. It's a very simple one. And then uh, according to the articles, it says, uh, although Twitter's initial response was negative and that these things are for nerds, quote unquote, <laughs> then uh, there was a series of events, including the fire in San Diego County in 2007. And so people were starting to realize that that was actually a really useful thing to do. And the cool thing about it was they didn't have to ask permission to do it. You know, so yeah. all you had to do yeah. was just, you know, you have the hashtag, the number sign, whatever you want to call it, preceding some term. And in this case, they, you know, he effectively decided for everybody that the convention would be no spaces. And so that made it yeah. really easy. Just, I would assume that there's a search function on the site before the decision to use hashtag. Oh, search. Got it. Okay. Right? Yeah. So yeah, you're so, creating a new word, essentially. So if you search yeah. on like pound sign foobar. Right. No one's going to inherently just type pound sign foobar. You're only going to get search results for that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So it's yep. a really cool idea. And then he's an open source hard, uh, open source advocate. So he also didn't want to, you know, he takes credit for inventing it, quote unquote, but he didn't uh-huh. try to draw any money or copyright it or anything. Right, right. And it just totally blew up. So people realized this is a great way to, to subselect interest groups and so forth or connect oneself to um, uh, an interest group online. Because I think there's no way to have an exclusive hashtag, right? The whole point is that people use them in order to join in uh, on a conversation or to look back and see who decided to self-select in to that group. Um, so the idea of the hashtag, which I had never really understood, you know, I, I kind of got out of social media around Facebook and then I've been sort of limping along trying to, you know, connect to Instagram and this and that, but just getting more and more disgusted, uh-huh. not with the young people, but with um, security concerns and all that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then if you fought, fo- Oh, go ahead, oh go ahead, please. I was, I remember at the time now that you say 2007, there was 
a lot of people, there was that idea of the folksonomy. Do you remember that, that word? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's one of the um, that's one of the terms I wrote down. In my oh, cool. Research. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that because it was like a way I was working on this website called the Chicago Artist Database at the time. Chicago, Chicago Artist Resource. Oh my gosh! And we were really trying to come up with a way that people could, like, how how do you, for instance, like, if you're going to post a link about an art opening how would you categorize it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it could be performance, but it could also have a, a food component and it could, you know, there's just all sorts of things that it could be. And so giving people uh, like a very short list of categories felt kind of underserving of the the dynamics of art, you know, like that art could be anything and sort of, sure. and so we really sort of spent a lot of time trying to chew through like self-categorization, like what what would that do does it if everybody categorizes will people just trend towards certain things like like sculpture and that will make that relevant where someone might have like sonic sculpture be a category and there may only be right. one thing in it because no one else has thought of that or something so well that's and, interesting and you were well, doing that around 2007 weren't you yeah exactly yeah it was a 2004 yeah. or 5 2005 right. somewhere in there we started so yeah so it was interesting to see this and then think about in the folksonomy thing. This is great, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because there's a project I'm working on that can really use this term. So I'm putting that in my pocket for later. So to be continued. Nice. But I was trying to kind of work backwards and figure this out. So Chris Messina had been talking about, I think, like a BBS convention. And I know BBSs are close to your heart, but it's something about like early Internet chat groups or interest groups where the, where the title of a of a chat or the title of like a, um, oh, wait, what do they call them? I mean, I guess like a chat room or whatever would, would be preceded with a hashtag or with a number. Uh, sign. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that was kind of an example, but then apparently there's all these other cool examples. So you've also got, if you look at that first fellow of our three little pictures, Emile uh, Badeau. Yeah. If I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Right. So that was a character set that predates ASCII. Oh. And so that that was another thing, right? Like, it's kind of hard to imagine Twitter without the hashtag. It really is, yeah. And it's kind of hard to imagine character sets before ASCII. Like, well, what would they even have been? And so this was going all the way back to a teleprinter. um, And it was all done with, uh, and correct me, my terminology here, it's a a five-bit encoding. So if you look at this Wikipedia page in the uh, the first image, or the second image, rather, you get these great card in the, the patent application from oh, 1888, yeah. you know, where um, you have whether or not each of the bits uh, is associated, I'm assuming, with like a dash or a dot or something like that. And the whole language is laid out in this five-bit uh, sequence. So I, I always love showing those examples of pre-digital as in pre-electronic digital forms, but they're still digital because uh, digital encoding does not require electricity, yet we come to associate the two. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, this is cool. Apparently, Baud, the um, the uh, yes. modem transfer rate is named after this guy. And I was yeah. like, oh shit, you know. So there like, I go. kept on finding stuff, right? Yep. Um, so there's that. Now, Jim Thorpe. Some people say that the Octothorpe, as you call the number sign, um, which I think is what they were calling it in on the West Coast in the '60s and '70s or something. Okay. Scientists, they apparently they did name it for Jim Thorpe just because they thought oh. he was cool. Wow, And so they were like coming up with telephone conventions as you were moving from the rotary dial to the keypad. 
and they just needed to find two symbols that were on keyboards already that were non-numerical and non-letters. And so they picked that, and they were trying to decide what to call it. And so one of the sort of jokes was was the Octothorpe, because uh, it had eight points, and they just liked Jim Thorpe. Wow. Um, you know, so he's in there for this random reason, but he's so cool, right? So he's the guy, I believe, the first Native American to win um, uh, Olympic medals. And then there's this great story about him where he got up to run this race, you know, because back in the day, like, everybody just does everything. Uh 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 And his shoes were gone. So he had to, like, run around, and he just found two shoes, two mismatched shoes in the garbage. (laughs) And he, like, ran and potentially won. I'll have to see how he did. I I forget the exact story. But apparently he he performed really well athletically while running on this pair of, you know, mismatched garbage shoes because his... uh, Stuff had been taken away. Wow! I think it's at the Summer Olympics in 1912 was the uh, was where that uh, story comes from. The history on it is so deep, so that was that That's was very cool. fun to explore. Okay, are you ready to take a look at yours, or did you want to cap cap anything off there? Let's, let's do it. Okay, taking a look. Cool. That's right. All right, Rob hashtag. Got me a zip. Ooh, multiple videos, PNGs. I was going to say, did Rob watch more than Great British Baking Show? (laughs) He's hooked. So uh, uh, if you didn't listen to our last episode, Rob um, admitted, Mm -hmm, somewhat mm -hmm. embarrassed, that he's Mm -hmm. been pouring his uh, hard-won hours, private hours, into the Great British Baking Show. I have. And needs to do penance of some kind. Yes, it's still happening. So, Collection 3, Episode 1. Is that the third season, Rob? Third season. Oh, listen to you. Okay, so we're watching the third season. Episode 1 is Cake. And that leads us to a video. <laughs> a classic cake for me. <laughs> That's Mary Berry. I think, yeah. I'm pouring the sugar. She looks like she could uh, have a. Uh, she she looks like she just uh, tasted a floor sweeping's lollipop. Yeah, yeah, she 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 can be a little bit dour when she's <laughs> not enjoying something, which unhappy. is nice. Okay, so she was describing a perfect cake, uh, which I'm assuming Rob is going to make some kind of attempt at. Now, uh, here we have on the BBC a recipe for lemon. Uh, is it Madeira cake? Madeira is how at least how the British pronounce it. I assume that's how we do too. And then I believe um, this is a recipe by Mary Berry herself. So Rob is going to um, attempt to, um, he's he's going right for it. I no am. half-stepping nope. with this guy. Um, ooh, so specific that you need to get an unwaxed lemon and everything's measured in grams, Rob. This is very exciting. I really like the grams measurement thing. I don't know if it's just a British thing, but like if you have a scale that measures in grams, you're just like, oh, there it is. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think it's in everybody in the world except for the dum-dums except over here <laughs> yeah. quickly losing their science position. Yeah. Okay, now we're back to the British baking show. <laughs> now, this is your first signature challenge. And for this, we thought we'd start you nice and simply with a very basic Madeira cake. Easy. Surely it's got to be three tiers with lots of sugar crafts, that no. kind of thing? No, Melanie. Very really? simple. So, for the very first time, you've got two hours to complete this. On your marks, get set. 
Okay, so so we started out with um, sort of a lead-in, which was an altered version of the Great British Baking Show, and now Rob, for a reason I cannot fathom, is cutting a lemon on a cutting board on a plate. <laughs> and the, the, the cutting board is one of the smallest I've ever seen, and is kind of skating around. <laughs> and then I kept worrying that Rob was going to cut his fingers. The okay, the lemon is going into fine. eighths, which are now kind of like the... And then he's, um, I believe that's called making a supreme, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, here. gee, I don't know. Cutting out the flesh of the, uh, the lemon. This is the bit separating it away. Design. Okay. Uh, now we're on to five. Now Rob has performed this uh, act, and then he's thrown it up on Instagram, and it says, Get set, bake, hashtag my first cake, hashtag WTF am I doing, hashtag Great British Baking Show. And there appear to be more as well. Um, we also get a very brief indication of what uh, the algorithm thinks Rob wants to buy, Game Changer Audio. Yes. <laughs> uh, I've been getting camping gear as my, yep. my latest thing. Okay, so now, Rob, we're seeing sort of the bottom part of the post uh, beneath the fold. So he's also got hashtag new baker, hashtag LOL, hashtag first cake. And then we can see how many posts are associated with each of those hashtags. So first cake is nearly 37,000 as opposed to cake first. I don't know if that's like before uh-huh. breakfast or, or Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I bet you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like how they are suggesting things like first communion cake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then uh, first tooth cake is pretty interesting. Is it a tooth-shaped cake or oh. you, is you it get a, a celebration of losing your, your tooth? Or? Yeah, maybe so. Gaining your baby tooth or something like that. Uh, And then as he continues to add them in, uh, uh, he's just adding in uh, Madeira Ka, and then he's getting uh, Madeira Cake, but also Madeira spelled differently, Cafe, Madeira Cardiff, uh, Madeira Castu Europe. (laughs) I don't know what that one means. Um, And so maybe... Just by partially filling things in, experimenting with where the al- algorithm might take him instead. I think Madeira is um, a town in Spain, which was yeah makes some of the hashtags. I weird. believe you're right. Yeah, and now we've got uh, "Don't cut yourself." Yes, I was I was concerned for you when you stood the lemon up on end. Um, and then <laughs> there's some suggestions that are similar, but what I don't understand is it says no replacements found. And yet, so you have found don't cut yourself to exist. I also like don't cut yourself on that edge, which is, if I'm not mistaken, you're supposed to make a hashtag when somebody is trying to be an edgelord. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with that one? No, I I, I learned what an edgelord is. Yeah. I was like, that sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't think so, man. (laughs) But like if you're, you know, bragging about... I mean, on the last episode, you were talking about how it, um, you just could not, you could not get high because you got too high. Yeah, right. That is so, that is un-edgelord, Rob. That that's true. anti-edgelord. That's pretty, that's a good point. But that's all the pictures. So, Rob, tell us about it. Yeah, so I, typically what I would have done, and so I, I decided, like, I would pursue a social media strategy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is where I feel Moving like the forward. hashtag now lives, you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to living in the world of, like, I, I want to try to find community, you know? Yeah. It's like, I want more people to look at my thing. Um, with one exception, I do follow one hashtag on Instagram, which is why I chose Instagram as my platform for this. 
I, I follow the colorful fashion hashtag. Um, yep. on a whim somehow, I, I think I, I think I tapped on someone's hashtag, which I think I've done five or six times in my whole life. And was like, oh, Instagram gives me this functionality to follow these posts. And I was kind of worried it was going to spam me to death. You know, like if you mm-hmm. if you follow the hashtag for cake, I assume you'd get a ton of posts just nonstop. But I'm not sure that works. Maybe they throttle it somehow. But um, and I really like the colorful fashion um, uh, hashtag. Like it's cool people just posting them wearing like bright yellow banana outfit or something. And yeah. um, uh, though occasionally you'll see like someone who's clearly like using their own fashion shoot and like throwing that tag in for every photo and it, it bumps me out because i'm like oh this person's like spamming the hashtag um so anyway i was i was intrigued because i feel like instagram maybe more than anywhere else has found and found the hashtag to be like a feature you know mm-hmm. uh and so i thought i'd try that and i was like okay well if, if you're like an instagram person like trying to get followers or something these days like you don't post you kind of wouldn't post something in its completed state. You would have frequent posts about the process more than you would right. about the thing. And so yeah. this is my first attempt at that, which is me just cutting the lemons and you'll have to stay tuned to my, my Instagram channel <laughs> to get all the rest, which I'm going to w- release this. Weekend. I wonder, could it be like you baking a cake, but also talking about the history of Unicode? Oh yeah. Unicake. You know Hashtag Unicake. <laughs> Unicake. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like um I feel like there's actually a lot of models for that where all of the you know basic nouns are locked down um so completely. So kind of one of the only ways yeah. to make space is to put two really weird disparate things together. It's like you're like you're making random passwords or something. Yeah, I mean that's that's my Instagram handle is sort of that, which is shimmering shimmering trash pile, which is like yeah. has has no other like namespace pollution other than me and a few other weirdos. So um oh i will say so i just looked i have 258 views on this video and and 26 likes but what because i'm not an influencer (laughs) or like some sort of brand who pays instagram a bunch of money i have no idea who those people are whether they clicked on a hashtag to get there or what you know oh maybe i can go to that hashtag in instagram and see my posts down there do it right now yeah okay okay so i'm gonna go to my first cake that seems like the biggest one. My first cake. Oh, no. I'll, I'll do Don't Cut Yourself. Let's see. Don't Cut Yourself. Lots of knife makers. Whoa. There's some pretty weird stuff on here. Uh, oh, there I am. Okay, let's see. Mm, oh, it doesn't... S- do you suppose that's the algorithm? It's going to show you your own stuff to make you feel like you're more influential than you are? It Well, it, it, it categorized top posts. It gave me nine of those and then it said most recent and i'm third in the most recent for don't cut yourself mm-hmm. but what it doesn't do is it it just says 258 it doesn't show anything about mm, yeah it doesn't say anything about that number other than just the general numbers sadly yeah instagram confuses me pr- particularly where you're not able to just uh, effectively repost somebody else's material it's annoying yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in what world is is that a bad idea? I don't understand. Maybe it's about like trying to like foster user generated content instead of just people signal boosting other people's content. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that could be. 
but it's weird eh? because also like hyper urls don't work and that to me is like anathema for the internet like right i think if you get like a thousand followers or something they give you that feature there's some weirdness about that yeah so you'll see people who have um speaking of hashtags they'll have a hashtag that says link in bio because you can put a link in your bio and so people will put a link to like their new album release url in their bio yeah so they but like ugh, that's just gnarly you know anyway it took me enough work to figure out how to get a video from adobe premiere back up into my phone so i could post it on instagram yeah oh yeah that's the other thing is inability to post from desktop yeah that really yeah. got me for a while too yeah it's annoying. and then i think there's all sorts of secondary stuff like um uh instagram stalker if i remember right Oh, let me see if I can find this real quick. It sounds a lot worse than it is, but Insta dash stalker lets you get on a desktop and then search for users in their stories. So now I could type in me, um, and stalk myself. Whereas that feature is not offered by Instagram. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. That's cool. Uh, You can tweak Safari. I noticed and like fake your device type on Safari. Yeah. And that will let, you'll get some stuff from Instagram because Instagram kind of thinks you're on the web version of Instagram on your phone. Right. But, uh, I don't think you get to post through that. I don't know. Federico, we, we dove into hashtag world. We're now social media influencers and, um, knowledgeable about the football players. <laughs> yeah. To the extent that we're ever going to be excellent, man. Well, yeah. what, what you got going on right now? What kind of, what kind of interesting stuff is happening in Rob's world? I have two things, uh, that I thought were cool and they're both about previous, um, previous guests yep molly alice who was uh our guest on the ursula k Le Guin episode is just launched a really cool kickstarter for her new animated kid show called all together now uh mm-hmm. there's a party for it here in los angeles that I'm, i really want to go but i have i'm really backlogged on my work project so i'm gonna see if i can make it but um it's called all together now and it's a really her illustrations are amazing and so um we'll post a link in show notes for that uh, that's really, really cool. And then Deb Chatra, who was also a previous guest and also a patron of the show. She was on the falsely accused episode. She has a, an amazing newsletter called meta foundry and it's been a little bit dormant somewhat as of late, but it's, there's definitely some new posts and they're really, really, really good. And one of them goes like deep into, um, kind of her and, and our relationship with, with like, consumer airline travel which is really neat so uh yeah so that's the two things i'm into our guests are doing amazing things still to this day nice yeah yeah i have i have not got a lot more to report um i'm still working on this uh a show and a residency for this summer so i'm, I'm gonna try to keep from being a broken record about that stuff oh yeah you have a ton of stuff going on in the summer man I got some things coming. So I'm trying to, I've been, although from a previous episode, right, I was working on using GitHub to start organizing my artwork projects, even if they were completely separate from code. Oh yeah. So that's been coming along great. The, the Kanban method. And then I can pull that down even if I'm not sitting in front of my laptop. Yep. So I'm really digging that. Um, Getting into some weeds with uh, setting up, a new CNC structure. Uh, so far, Ooh. far ago on this podcast, I was experimenting with um, CNC-based uh, dry point and uh, conventional etching using, uh, on on the one hand, you know, traditional chemicals and copper plates and whatever, 
and also trying just to etch uh, acrylic with a CNC machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now the the trick I'm trying to do with a bunch of my colleagues at school now that uh, classes are out, which I should also celebrate. Um, I'm always nervous to look at my email for a couple of weeks as they're uh-huh. grabbing all uh-huh. rolls in or doesn't. Um, yep. It's always the B pluses, Rob. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh-huh. so the um, uh, we got <laughs> an that. actual bit. It's like a drag knife that's meant for etching metals and plastics. And then I made what's known as a K-base or a knowledge base that describes how that bit sits Ooh. in the CNC machine, how big nice. the collet is, how far it sticks out, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm getting like all that groundwork together. And then we take this big flywheel and resurface this uh, big masonite, or rather um, MDF plate, like an inch thick MDF plate. And so it's, everything's absolutely level. And then you can go in there and um, and hack away with uh, with confidence, because when you're dropping this little etching needle in there, you know you're you're really not um, you're just telling it to push down into the surface like a sixty fourth of an inch or something like that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, yeah. So I've been doing a bunch of research like that, a bunch more research on Avogadro, which we talked about in the Ooh, previous episode, the uh, nice. molecule visualizer. Yeah. And um, got into an open source program called Orca, which lets you visualize um, the orbitals of um, uh, electrons, if I'm if I'm Whoa. understanding it correctly. So I'll have some images of all that stuff to show you, but that's all that's all stuff that I'm currently. That's working neat. On. That's cool. Oh. And I'll also have a bunch of science fiction book reviews soon. I I got this one called um, uh, what is it, like Master of the Tides or something. I'll have to look, but. I've been enjoying it, and so I was talking to another friend of mine who was into science fiction, and said, "Oh, take a look at this book. I've really been digging it." And he started laughing, and then he pointed out the, um, you know, the secondary script, which I just hadn't bothered to read on the cover, and the first thing it said was "tantric sex," oh. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I, I haven't gotten to that part yet." So, <laughs> hopefully, it's not just going to be another like ultra macho sci-fi book because we've met ready uh, read many of those, but we'll see. Uh, so. Uh, more to more to report shortly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of Instagram and hashtags, yeah. uh, we have an Instagram account, which is opposable underscore podcast. So listeners, dear listeners, hit us up there. S- influence us in the social medias by following our account and letting us know what you're doing. Uh, oh, our Patreon peeps. Um, we'd like to give a shout out to Charlene McBride, Adam Mayer, Deb Tatra, Blondie Hacks, whose Instagram is always on point. Uh, Nick Kantar, Walter Kotundu, and David Bellhorn. They're our top Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join them in the league of Patreon supporter badasses, just go to patreon.com slash opposable thumbs to sponsor us. Um, our, podca- our podcast is dedicated to providing a harassment-free experience for everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter, or religion, or lack thereof. And we actively support an inclusive environment, and we want you to be a part of it. And another shout out again, speaking of inclusive environments to Molly Alice's Kickstarter for her animated kid show called all together now, which we'll link to in show notes. Uh, Oh, Taylor, we have to pick a challenge. Yeah, let's do it. Let me get the spreadsheet up. So when we don't have a guest, which we don't this week or this episode, we have a database of uh, challenge phrases or words from our previous guests. And so I'm opening up that spreadsheet now and I, Taylor, I will give you a number to mm. pick from, let's see, one, two, two. Four, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> four, I know you got two. Federico has two in here, but I'm going to opt out his other one because he just had one. I feel like we should 
we should hold hold his other option until later. So I'm going to just say pick a number between one and nine. Hmm. Two. Two. <laughs> oh, whoa. Wow. Aaron O'Brien. Aaron O'Brien, nice. thank you for the challenge. And our challenge is... Oh, we haven't spoken to Aaron for a while. ...is liberation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. man. What I felt when I turned my grades in. Yeah. Let's, let's embody it. Ooh. What is our sign off? I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Is that that's um that's a Terminator? No. RoboCop. RoboCop. Some RoboCop. That's so yeah. good. I will buy that for a dollar. It's a pretty good outro. Liberation. Aaron, thank you. Is that is that the the ice cube?